Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and tonight we're going to be talking about what else but the continued study of the book of Revelation. So tonight we're going to be in chapter 13, which gets starts to get really exciting, like the rest of us not, but this is, you know, where a lot of people, you know, start getting excited about the book of Revelation because it's talking about the mark of the beast and the beast and the Antichrist and all of these things. So that's when people really tune in and, you know, they really want to know about all of that. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, it says, um, so the beast of the sea, and who could that be? The beast from the earth. And uh, what does the Bible actually say about the mark of the beast? Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. So I hope you guys will join me. I really appreciate you guys listening in. And um, so let's get started. Without further ado, um, I listen to a podcaster and he always says that without further ado, <laughs> anyway, he's a pretty cool guy. If you ever get a chance to watch him, he's called uh, The Weird Christian podcast so if you get a chance to watch him check him out actually i was on his uh i was actually on his podcast a while back um it was kind of cool talking about one of the books that i had um talking to the apostasy of the church so it's called the remnant believers the remnant church um so if you guys want to check that out it is on amazon um i break down everything uh although i go all the way back before israel was a nation again and when russia was an orthodox christian nation and i talk about the schofield bible so all the way to kenneth copeland so and everything in between so it's a pretty good book um anyway so let's jump in and see what we can come up with tonight so i'm going to go ahead and start i'll be reading out of the um, nesb uh, translation which is the new american standard bible and is a very very good uh, translation. It's uh, both dynamic and uh, I can't remember what the other one is. <laughs> anyway, it's a really good translation. If you ever have questions about translations, I always say go to gotquestions.org. Gotquestions.org. Type in any question that you have and they're going to give you a very doctrinally sound biblical answer with scripture to back all of that up. So, I definitely trust them. Um, I've never seen anything on there that um, I found that was not doctrinally sound. I may not always agree with what they have, but n by no means is it um, uh, wrong. So anyway, as Christians, we can disagree on, you know, certain things. We can disagree on music and we can disagree on all kinds of stuff, you know, but still be friends and still be brothers and sisters. Because just remember, folks, we're going to be spending a lot of time together. If you're a born again believer, I'm a born again believer. We may not agree on everything, but guess what? We're going to be in eternity together. And I don't know if you know, but eternity is a very, very long time. <laughs> it's like forever. So yeah. So let's talk about that. Our brothers and sisters, you know, we may always have like disagreements here, arguments here, but you know, we'll have eternity to work that out. So like little kids here on earth, you know, we could be gropping, you know, we could be like, you know, arguing or, or maybe having a really heated debate about, you know, pre-tribulation rapture or post-tribulation rapture or mid-trib or like whatever. Of course, when we are raptured and we're up in heaven, we're going to be like, see, I told you so. Or, you know, the other one's going to be like, okay, you were right. You know, at that point in time, we'll really know who was right, right? Uh, this is kind of, you know, neat things to think about. You have to get excited about the Lord Jesus coming to take us home and where we're going. Um, I listened to 
I want to think it was Billy Crone on Easter. Yeah, so he talked about, um, you know, God created the heavens and the earth and everything in them and all of this beautifulness, right? In six days, of course, it's all been corrupted and all that, but six days, you look how beautiful everything is, even after all the corruption and the sin entered and the fall of it, all of this stuff, right? And then you got to think about Jesus in John chapter 14 says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, he may be also. That was over 2000 years ago, folks. Because he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Just imagine how beautiful heaven is going to be. What? Your own mansion. Can you imagine when we get up there? Oh, man. And I'm a firm believer that all of our pets go to heaven. I don't know about you, but I am a firm believer that our pets go to heaven. And I want to tell you know all of you out there uh, this as well. If you've ever lost a pet, they're like family. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anybody says. They're family. I treat my dogs and my cat like family. And if you have pets, I hope you treat them like family too. Because I'm going to give you a scripture verse. And it's not the Proverbs one, which is a good one. But here's another one. If you haven't read it, I want you to take the time. And I want you to read Second Samuel chapter 12. And read that. And then think about how much... God knows how much we love the animals that he has given us. I want you to think about that. And not only that, whenever there's an animal sacrifice, think about how God feels. And he loves that animal too. Because if a sparrow falls, he even knows when a sparrow falls. So think about that. It's his creation. But anyway, if you've ever been upset and if you've ever, you know, loved your pet so very much uh, when it passed away or whatever, read Second Samuel 12. And you'll have a better understanding. I think it gives me great comfort knowing that God knows how much I loved the pets that he's given me. So anyway, let's move along into Revelation. Okay, so we're in Revelation chapter 13 tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and start. This is the heading and it says the beast from the sea. So it says, and an angel stood on the sand of the seashore. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten diadems, and on his heads were blasphemous names. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They worshiped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast? And who is able to wage war against him? There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. And authority to act for 42 months was given to him. And he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, that is, those who dwell in heaven. So I'm going to stop right there, and that is uh, at verse 6. So I've, uh, we started in chapter 12, I'm sorry, chapter 13, and I read 1 through 6. So that's 1 through 6. I'm going to break down 1 through 6. I don't want to go too fast and read the whole, you know what I mean, the whole chapter, and then I'll go back and say, okay, I remember when I said, okay. So we're going to start right there. So I'm going to be giving you... Um, 
some notes, and this is out of number one, the Warren Wearsby Study Bible, and the second one I'm looking at is the John MacArthur Study Bible. And I should have grabbed David Jeremiah, but it's back over there on the other side of my desk. So let's break this down. So he says here in uh, Revelation uh, 13, his notes come up and talk to us, and it says, the symbolic description of the beast enables us to learn something about his origin and character. This is Warren Wiersbe. Uh, God does not see him as a human being made in the divine image, but as a wild animal under the control of Satan. He is a man, that's verse 18, but he is energized from hell, for he comes out of the pit. Just as Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, so the beast will be Satan in a human body. And you can check that out also on John uh, chapters 13, verse 2, and 13, verse 27. 13, 1, it says the seven heads. Let me move this a little closer to me. <laughs> I got some new glasses. You guys would be like, what? <laughs> I did. I did. It was kind of a little easier for me to read these days. So, anyway, so chapter 1 says the seven heads represent seven mountains but also seven kings or kingdoms. Antichrist or the beast is one of the seven kings, but he is also the eighth. Apparently he reigns twice. The 10 horns represent 10 kingdoms. And that's in Daniel uh, chapter seven, verse 24 as well. Evidently, he says, uh, the beast will, um, he says, evidently the beast will head a quote, United States of Europe, unquote, a revived Roman Empire before taking over as world dictator. All nations will no doubt admire and thank him for the, quote, peace, unquote, he has achieved. Little realizing the sorrow and destruction he will bring to the world, which is coming right now in chapter 13, which is about to begin. So pay very close attention to what happens over in Europe and what happens over there. I'm kind of watching Zelensky. Uh, but if you're a Christian, know this. You will not know who the Antichrist is, for the Bible says we will be raptured. The Bible says in Second Thessalonians, I believe it's second, yeah, Second Thessalonians, this is we will not be here. We shall be raptured. He says, the Bible says when uh, the only thing standing between that right now is literally the Holy Spirit is restraining the evil. The Holy Spirit lives inside of Christians. So if you're a born again believer, you actually have the Spirit of God living inside you. It's the Holy Spirit. So. And we are raptured out. That means that Holy Spirit, the restraining force, is taken out of the way, the Bible says. And then that man of lawlessness will be revealed, is what the Bible says. So remember that. There's a lot of a lot of scripture evidence for the rapture of the church. And that's where a lot of them get um, that's where a lot of them get the uh, uh, sorry, I hit my iPad. <laughs> So that's where a lot of them get mid-tribulation, right? Because the Antichrist is revealed midway through the tribulation, which is chapter 13, where we're about to talk about right now. So chapter 13 is also synonymous with Daniel, uh, I believe chapter 9, where he talks about uh, the abomination of desolation. And this is what the Antichrist does. He speaks blasphemies against God. He sits in the, in the throne of God in the new temple and declares himself to be God. And that's when the Jewish people say, oh, no. That's when they realize this is not our Messiah. But anyway, we shall continue. <laughs> so mm, let's continue. And uh, move this mic a little closer to me. 
without touching the um without touching the mute button yeah <laughs> so anyway so this is where he gets 13 one so let's see uh what john MacArthur says so 13 one john MacArthur study notes say um a beast rising and he says let me move this up head over here so he says satan takes a position in the midst of the nations of his world represented by the sand of the sea a beast literally a monster which describes a vicious killing animal in this context the term represents both a person which is antichrist and his system which is the world the final satanic world empire will be inseparable from the demon possessed man who leads it for a discussion of the antichrist of course we can look on more notes which is in second thessalonians uh chapter 3 through 11 which is kind of what i was i think that it, let me let's check that verse out real quick i do believe that is uh what i was talking about so yeah so this is second thessalonians check this out this is three it says let no one in any way deceive you for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of god displaying himself as being god do you not remember that while i was still with you i was telling you these things so listen to this he goes and you know what restrains him now so that in his time he will be revealed for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way then that lawless one will be revealed whom the lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming that is the one who is coming is in accord with the activity of satan with all power and signs and false wonders and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved and this listen to this folks for this reason god will god not just satan is sending deception but god will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness so think about that folks and what this is i in my what i always think this is what i understand it to be and i've you know i've always understood it to be this way that you know people are, i've known people and i tell them about these things like yeah the rap oh well, if the rapture really happens well then i'll believe in god you know like a million people we you know yeah 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 they don't believe in god but they don't want to believe in god right now because they want to live their sinful life right now they don't they don't want to give that up right so these are people who know the truth they've heard scripture they've had an opportunity to reject jesus christ and like oh just wait those are the people who will not have an opportunity to be saved they will be caught up into the deluding influence the deception and they'll believe the lie because they had an opportunity to believe the truth and they rejected jesus christ and so god they've already literally been judged so anyway gonna go back to revelation in case we're going back to revelation okay so uh another thing he talks about is okay so the rising out of the sea so the sea represents the abyss or pit 
and it's the haunt of demons. The picture is of Satan summoning a powerful demon from the abyss who then activates and controls the beast, the Antichrist, and his empower. In, in power. Goodness gracious, you can tell him from Texas. Empire. There you go. <laughs> Ten horns and seven heads. This description is like that of Satan in Revelation 12. Three, the heads may represent successive world empires, which is Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Remember, Daniel talks about that. They all have fallen. And then the final kingdom of Antichrist, which is the final one, is made up of all the kingdoms represented by the horns. And so he's got more notes for that in uh, chapter 17, verse 12. He says, 10 is a number that symbolizes the totality of human military and political power assisting the beast, which is the Antichrist, as he controls the world. Horns always represent power, as in the animal kingdom, both offensive power, which is attacking, and defensive power, which is protection. Daniel shows that the human Antichrist will rise up from these 10 kings. That's Daniel 7, 16 through 24. John picks up the numerical imagery of Daniel uh, chapter 2, verses 20, uh, I'm sorry, 41 through 42, which refers to the ten toes on the state on the statue's clay and iron feet. The apostle sees the beast as the final world government, the Antichrist, anti-God coalition headed by a revived Roman Empire, having the strengths of various world powers, yet mixed with weakness and ultimately crushed, which well, is Daniel 2, 32 to 45, 7, 7 to 8, and uh, verses uh, 19 to 25. And so he also talks about that in Revelation 12, 3. The crowns show the regal dominion of this uh, confederate uh, kingdom. Uh-oh. I think I lost my... There we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that my uh, the software that I use that I do the live... Um, podcast didn't just crash on me and i'm gonna do all this for nothing okay so i said the blasphemous names which is throughout history every time a monarch has identified himself as a god he has blasphemed the true god each ruler who contributes to the beast final coalition has an identity wears a crown exerts dominion and power and therefore blasphemes god so revelation 13 2 he says the leopard which is a metaphor for ancient greece alluding to greek swiftness and agility as their military move uh, forward in uh, conquest uh, was militarily under Alexander the Great. So that's what he's talking about, the, the leopard. And, of course, the other uh, symbols, which is the bear, which is the metaphor for the ancient Medo-Persian empire, because they were ferocious strength, if you remember. So the lion is ancient Babylonian empire, uh, which, is, which was also fierce and all-consuming power. And, of course, the dragon gave his power. So this is Satan giving uh, him this power so the mortal wound so let's move on with that so uh you've always heard that well, i don't know if you've always heard this or not if you're new to christianity or if you're new to the book of revelation or if you're new uh, to the study of end times prophecy which is eschatology you may not have heard this but um people like when they see the antichrist and from this verse is where they get he has a mortal head wound so this is where they get the 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 presupposition or where they think that the Antichrist, this man who's indwelt by Satan, he may not actually be indwelt by Satan as of yet, because I have, uh, you know, I have my thoughts on that too, but um, it says he's got a mortal head wound. So he literally supposedly dies, and then he comes back to life, right? And so that's when the whole world follows him, because, whoa, man, this guy was dead, now he's come back to life, you know? And, of course, then you have Israel, look at the Messiah, 
But what I think, and a couple, you know, more scholars think this too, um, is that the man, the physical man who is the Antichrist, once he gets his mortal head wound, I think he really does die, but I think his body is then inhabited by Satan. And then that's, you know, where all this comes in. Uh, but that's my pastor, uh, Dr. Randy Davis, um, had, you know, thought that too. So I wasn't the only one that thought that. I'm like, wow, that's kind of neat. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's not a salvation issue is what we always say. It's just something to think about, you know. So anyway, this is um, uh, John MacArthur. He says, its mortal wound was healed. He goes, this statement could refer to one of the kingdoms that was destroyed and revived, i.e. the Roman Empire. Uh, but more likely, it refers to a fake death and resurrection enacted by the Antichrist as part of his lying deception. So it says in the earth marveled, right? So people in the world will be astounded and fascinated when Antichrist appears to rise from the dead. Um, his charisma, brilliance, and attractive but deluding powers will cause the world to follow him unquestionably. So that's uh, uh, John MacArthur. So what exactly? I wonder what Warren Wiersbe um, had to say about this. So we're going to scroll down here. And uh, so he... Well, he really doesn't have a whole lot to say about that. He skips on to worship is the one thing Satan has always wanted. He is. Okay, so when you think about that, so people always think that that Satan and God are like equal, equal evil, right? God's equal good, Satan's equal evil, and that's wrong. That's absolutely, utterly untrue, un totally unbiblical, and uh, yeah, absolutely not true. So if that's what you think, that's not true. And if you think, like, when you go to hell that Satan's going to be reigning in hell, no, Satan will be suffering in hell just like everybody else. He'll be in the lake of fire, right? So, no. So, God is ultimately sovereign, and God created Satan. Satan is a creation of God, but he wasn't created as Satan. He was a cherubim. So, he was beautiful, right? And when you think about him, you think about him what? Like, he's red-skinned, he's ugly, he's got this, you know, what, what? pitchfork you know he's got his long tail or like whatever no when the bible describes he was beautiful remember he can transform himself into an angel of light so think about it he's not like what you might perceive him to be but no he was up there he was like one of the highest ranking creations of god and so the thing is he was thrown down from heaven that's the whole thing he wanted to be worshiped like god he wanted to be worshiped so Whenever you think about pride and how much God hates pride, boom, there you have it. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. But just think about it. You know, you can read the Bible tells you all of these things. The, the word of God is the only thing that is living and active. Have you ever read, like, say, you read like Acts one day, like you read like chapter one of Acts and you like you've read it a hundred times. Right. But you always get something different out of it. Right. That's because the Bible is living and and active it's amazing totally amazing so anyway let's move along here so where are we going to pick up at next so he goes on says was given of course the sovereign god will establish the limits within uh, which antichrist will be allowed to speak and operate god will allow him to utter his blasphemies to bring the rage of satan to its culmination on earth for three and one half years. So this is where you get the great tribulation, the second half of the tribulation. This is where this comes from. So uh, 42 months, the final three and one half years, which is 1,260 days of the time of distress for Jacob. That's Jeremiah 37. And Daniel's 70th week talks about Daniel 9, 24 uh, through 27, known as the great tribulation. 
And so this last half is launched by the abomination of desolation. That's also talked about in Matthew 24, 15. So uh, I want you to think about how awesome and how like just powerful the word of God is and written like however many, I think it's like 66 books written by however many authors there were over a span of like 6,000 years or 4,000 years. Think about that, how it all fits together gather is absolutely amazing it's only something that god could do nobody no man could ever do anything nobody could it is it is unbelievable unbelievable and it's the only book that's going to tell you what's going to happen it's the only book written thousands of years ago and now we see everything coming together just like jesus said just like the apostle paul said just like the apostle john said jeremiah the uh the you know, daniel the prophet daniel ezekiel zechariah all these prophets isaiah it's amazing and these were thousands of years these were not just like last year folks these were not just like say 500 years ago these were thousands of years ago it's absolutely amazing but anyway i find it just absolutely fascinating so anyway moving right along here so it says um it says his name so this identifies god and summarizes all his attributes his dwelling this is symbolic of heaven those who dwell in heaven which are the angels and uh, the glorified saints who are before the throne of god and of course they'll serve him day and night which is, you know, so we're getting praise the lord we'll all get to serve the lord in heaven not just here uh, so he's going to make, okay, so this is Revelation. We're going to start in chapter 13. I'm sorry. Yeah. Chapter 13, verse seven. So let me scroll on down here. Okay. So it was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world and the book of life of the lamb who was who has been slain if anyone has an ear let him hear if anyone is destined for captivity to captivity he goes if anyone kills with the sword with the sword he must be killed here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints so let's break that down a little bit so make war with the saints and the cross will be allowed to massacre those who are god's children so I want to break this down to you. I want you to listen to this, okay? If you're not a Christian right now and you're listening to this podcast, I want you to think about what is coming for you in the tribulation. This is what is coming for you, okay? Think about what's about to happen. If you, if you survive after the rapture of the church, you may be on a plane when the rapture of the church happens and just think that pilot and co-pilot could be Christians and your plane's going down and you're going to die. So, just throwing this out there okay what if you're on a bus being driven by a christian and the rapture happens and boom you might just not make it through that bus ride so anyway you better make your decision for the good lord right now because if not and you wait say you're one of those christians and say you're not a christian so you've never had the opportunity to actually reject jesus christ like my friend you know way back when well, yeah yeah then i'll believe well he's not going to believe because he's had the opportunity to believe right you know so say you haven't had that opportunity to outright reject jesus christ right so you've heard of the gospel but you've never really had a had a chance to, like make your decision right so you're not like outright denying him or rejecting him you know what i mean you just haven't had the chance right well during the tribulation you're gonna have the chance to actually become a christian you're gonna have the chance to accept him as your savior but I'll tell you what, it ain't going to be easy because 
uh, the, the, the beast, the Antichrist, is going to hunt you down and kill you. And that's what they say they're going to behead them. Going to behead them. Going to behead all the Christians. So if you think it's not easy now to become a Christian, honey, I have to tell you, it's going to get a whole lot worse in the tribulation if you want to make that decision. But why don't you just make the decision now and avoid the tribulation? I'm just saying. Anyway, so, but he will. He will massacre God's children. And if you want to read about that, you can read about that all through the book of Revelation, especially in chapter 17, 6. Daniel 7, 23 to 25, chapter 8, verses 25, 9, 27, 11, 38, 12, 10. And of course, Matthew chapter 24, verses 16 to 22. And you're going to learn all about it. So anyway, we're going to continue before the foundation of the world. According to God's eternal electing purpose before creation, the death of Christ seals the redemption of the elect forever. So Antichrist can never take away the salvation of the elect. The eternal registry of the elect will never be altered, nor will the saved in the Antichrist day worship him. The book of life, which is the Lamb's book of life. You can read about that in Revelation 3.5. So the Lamb slain the Lord Jesus who died to purchase the salvation of those whom God had chosen was fulfilling an eternal plan. So remember that. And also think, okay, uh, well, we won't get into that Calvinism thing. I'm not going to do that. So anyway, so Revelation uh, chapter 13, 9, which is the, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. Okay. So this phrase omits uh, what the Spirit says to the churches. If, if you read the beginning of Revelation and chapters 2, it says that when he's talking to the churches, right? As in the seven letters to the churches. And that's because we've been raptured. So that's why he doesn't say what this, you know, if he, if, if anyone has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And John MacArthur says, perhaps because we've already been raptured. So anyway, so moving right along. Uh, so chapter 10, or not chapter 10, verse 10 says, A call for believers to accept persecution from the Antichrist with perseverance and endurance. God has chosen some believers to be imprisoned and executed, which they must not resist, but accept with patience such suffering as God ordains for them. So think about it. Think about every single apostle in the Bible. Every one of them was martyred, died a horrific death, except for John, who was exiled to the island of Patmos. But that wasn't because they didn't try. They boiled him alive in oil, and it didn't kill him. So they exiled him to Patmos. So, but think about that. So all the all the uh, the apostles died horrific deaths, and so that's another kind of proof too, because. You know, they tried to say that uh, Jesus actually didn't really die and it was all a big farce and he can, whatever excuse they want to come up with. Well, do you think that all these apostles would have died those horrific being uh, um, uh, crucified upside down, being crucified on an egg-shaped cross? Uh, it would have died the deaths that they died if they didn't actually see the risen Jesus Christ? I surely don't think so. Maybe one or two, but every single one of them? No. Not at all. Not a chance. Not a chance. So that's another proof that the Bible is true and Jesus Christ is alive. So anyway, chapters 13, 11. So let's move along. So 11, he goes, then I saw, this is the beast from the earth. He says, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spoke as a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And he makes the earth and those who dwell in it, listen to this, to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even makes us 
so that it even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given him to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. And it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause as many do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes, listen here, folks, and he causes all the small and the great and the rich and the poor and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the vex, I'm sorry, the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So this is where we get the mark of the beast which everybody is like what the mark of the beast so yeah this is where it comes into play and this is what the bible actually says about the mark so let's break it down another beast this is the final false prophet and this is called you can read about that we'll get to it later this is uh revelation 16 19 and uh chapter 16 19 and in chapter 20 uh this is all spoken of so he says who promotes the Antichrist power and convinces the world to worship him as God. This companion beast will be the chief, most persuasive proponent of satanic religion. The Pope, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So a lot of people actually think this is the Pope. So, uh, and the Catholic is the harlot uh, on the, um, spoken of in Revelation. So, now, the Catholic religion is not Christianity. So I want you guys to, to really do some study in that. There's a plenty, plenty, plenty of authors and teachers and pastors that can explain that a lot better. I'm not going to get into it because it could take months, right? So go check out uh, Pastor Billy Crone, and you can check him out at getalifemedia.com, getalifemedia.com. He's also got an app. You can pull up the app. Uh, all of this stuff is free on his teaching. He does a whole thing on false religions. He's on voodoo and, and Satanism, right? No, he's finished Satanism. We're on voodoo and something else right now. But anyway, he's got the whole, I forgot how many parts series is on Catholicism. So definitely check that out. And if you are a Catholic, please, please go listen to Pastor Billy's study on that. Um, and not only that, you can listen to Spencer Smith. Go listen to Brother Spencer Smith. He's on um, uh, YouTube. He's got plenty of books there. Um, on on uh, Amazon as well. Go check him out. But please, I implore. I I have Catholic friends. Uh, when I was younger, I went to a, a school, but it was all pretty much Catholic, and so they went to catechism and like all this stuff. So I have a lot of love um, for people who are Catholic. But I, there's a huge warning. You know, um, if you love somebody, you're gonna tell them the truth, even if it hurts. Right? You're gonna tell them the truth, no matter what they may think of you. But you have to tell them the truth in love. You know, you can't just say, hey, you're going to go to hell there, buddy. No, you've got to, you got to tell them like you love them, right? And so I love almost, I mean, I love everybody. You know, I don't want to see anybody go to hell. 
except for Hitler. I hope he burns in hell. And I'm sorry, I probably should never say that, but that's that's how I feel. Anyway, um, and some other <sighs> we won't go there. But I mean, but I genuinely love people. And so, um, you know, Catholics, Buddhists, you know, and there's this, you know, sometimes you just don't know the way to tell somebody. So you just got to pray about it. You got to pray about it. Um, uh, but Pastor Billy Crone um does this whole he breaks it all the way down. He does it in love too, not in, you know, anything wrong, but you got to know the truth. You have to know the truth about what's really going on. But anyway, another here, no there. Let's get out of that. Get back into the book of Revelation. <laughs> so he says, um, so this is the final uh false prophet who promotes Antichrist power and convinces the world to worship him as God. This companion beast will be the chief, most persuasive proponent of satanic religion. Antichrist uh, will be primarily a political and military leader, but the false prophet will be a religious leader. Politics and religion will unite in a worldwide religion of worshiping the Antichrist. Think really hard right now. And what is the Catholic Church doing? What did that Pope say? Well, when the aliens get here, you know, we'll baptize them too. Really? They're already promoting this unity. They're already like, okay, so the Protestant church, they're already saying, well, the Protestants are going to come back to the mother church, which is the Catholic church, right? No. Mm. So as you see, this is what's going on. Give me just one second. I have got to turn my air conditioner on. Call it menopause. Call it whatever you want. The 40s have been good to me. I'm just saying. <laughs> so um, anyway, you can see uh, where the Catholic Church is already doing it, has been doing this, which is really creepy. And there is that one bishop. What is his name? Oh, my gosh. He's like totally going against um, the Pope and telling the truth of what's really going on. You guys need to listen to him. Um, dang, where is he? Um, you can find him on. Yeah, I may look for him right now. Um, Hope for our times. You guys know I like oh, hope for Tom Hughes because you know you want to call him Tim Jones, but it's not. <laughs> it's Tom Hughes. So it's hope for our times um, dot com. You can go check that out. And I know he's done. Oh, let's see. He's got a couple episodes where he's talked about this. Um, talked about this bishop. I was gonna try to find it in the news for you really quick. I know this isn't a headline thing. I know, I know, but it's important. <laughs> it's important to know what's going on in the truth, you know, especially in this day and age. So hard um, to find the truth. If not, um, I may look for it later on and then try to, um, if you guys find me on Podbean, I'll try to link it down below. And if not, um, I'll try to put it into the um, the heading somehow that you guys can see it. But anyway. I'm not seeing it just right off the bat here. So let's go back to where we were. So anyway, so you know me, ADD. <laughs> so anyway, so the so the Antichrist is going to be like political and military leader, right? He's going to be boom, but the false prophet is going to be the religious leader. So I want you to follow this because, you know, Satan is the great deceiver, right? But he's always wanted to be like God, right? We have God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and then, of course, the Holy Spirit, right? So follow this along. Okay, so now we have the Antichrist, which is the you know the beast. And then of course you have the false prophet. And so now it talks about out of the earth. This is likely another um, reference to the abyss that lies below the earth. 
The false prophet will be sent forth and controlled by a powerful demon from below. The earth imagery, of course, is in contest or in contrast uh, to what to that of the foreboding mysterious sea, which is in in the beginning, 13 verse 1, remember? So it may imply that the false prophet is subtler and more winsome than the Antichrist. The two horns are like a lamb. This describes the relative weakness of the false prophet compared to the Antichrist, who has ten horns. A lamb has only two horn, two small bumps on its head, very inferior uh, to the ten-horned beast. Like a lamb, the lamb imagery may also imply the false prophet will be also a false Christ masquerading as the true lamb. Unlike Antichrist, the false prophet will come not as a killing, destroying animal, but as one who, a quote, appears gentle and deceptively attractive. Of course, it spoke like a dragon. Of course, the false prophet will be Satan's mouthpiece, and thus his message will be like the dragon, Satan, the source of all false religion. So, of course, he's going to exercise all the authority of the first beast, which is the false prophet exercises the same kind of satanic power as Antichrist because he's empowered by the same source. So, of course, he'll have wide, uh, worldwide influence and reputation as a miracle worker and speaker. And, of course, he makes the earth worship. Uh, the phrase it makes or it causes is used several times of him. He wields influence to establish a false world religion. And, of course, is headed by the Antichrist, too. So, when the mortal wound, which is the big one. So, uh, it says this likely refers to uh, the carefully crafted deception of a false resurrection a false murder, perhaps, to inspire allegiance of the world. But I still think it could be different. I wonder what Warren, Warren Wearsby has to say. So let's check it out. So Warren says, God will permit the Antichrist to war against his people, of course, persecute the saints. Of course, he says, keep in mind that the beast is a counterfeit Christ. Uh, the world would not the world would not receive Christ, but it will receive the Antichrist. Of course, John talks about it in John 5:43. So the world would not believe the truth, but they will believe the lies. The second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 through 12 says that. Jesus spoke and still speaks gracious words of salvation, and people turn a deaf ear, but they will listen to the blasphemous words of the beast. The world will not worship the Christ, but they will bow down to Antichrist. Uh, he says the beast uh, from the earth is called the false prophet. The dragon or Satan is the counterfeit father. Okay. And he goes, I will be like the most high, Satan said. That's Isaiah 14, 14. The beast is the counterfeit Christ. And the false prophet is the counterfeit Holy Spirit. So you have the dragon, which is Satan, which is the counterfeit father, like our heavenly father. But I mean, not like, but that's what he's wanting it to be. And then, of course, you have um, the beast, which is the counterfeit Jesus Christ, and then you have the false prophet, which is the counterfeit Holy Spirit. So you have, like we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to have Satan as the dragon, okay? And then you're going to have the beast, which is the counterfeit, you know, Christ. And then, of course, then you're going to have the counterfeit Holy Spirit, which is the false prophet. So the false prophet energized by Satan will perform quite great signs and even duplicate some of the signs performed by the two witnesses. Of course, not, to con not content to control people through religious deceit, the false prophet will institute strong economic measures as well. Everyone except believers will receive a special mark in order to buy or sell. But the only way to get that mark is to submit to the government, I'm sorry, is to submit to the beast 
and worship him. Okay. So that's another thing. People are like, that's why, okay, that's why you see a lot of people equate the vaccine or the jab or the clot shot or whatever you want to call this thing to the mark of the beast. Because think about it. The world shut down in 2020. The entire world stopped. And we let these few people tell the entire world what to do out of fear because that's how they manipulate you. They manipulate you by fear. So there's huge deception that went across the whole literal world. And that's all this COVID-19 is a great deception. Not saying it's not real. I'm not saying that because I had it. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying they manufactured this and then they unleashed it onto the whole world. They said, oh, we got the cure right here. Here. Why don't you guys, if you take this shot, if you take this shot, then you, everything will go back to normal. So everybody needs to take this shot and you can open up your store. Take this shot and you can get on that plane. Take this shot. You can go in that restaurant and eat. Take this shot and you can go into that grocery store. But only if you have this shot. How do you prove that? Oh, I have this. Here's my cell phone. Here's my vaccine card. Here's my blah, blah, right? Think about that. Now replace that with the mark that I just read to you straight out of the Bible that was wrote over 2,000 years ago by John, the Apostle John. Caught up to heaven, Jesus showed him the revelation. Now replace that. Hey, you want to get on that airplane? Show me the mark. You got to worship the beast. And people will do it. People took that vaccine like it was water, like they didn't even, they just trusted. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you. Hey, you're going to go in that grocery store, you're going to buy your family some groceries? You got to take this mark. Hey, you, you're going to go back to work? You got to take this mark. Hey, do you want to reopen your store? You got to take this mark. You see, you see how it's so easily equated to the Bible and to the mark of the beast and what they're doing. This is what they're preparing the world. Satan, they've been working on this forever, him and his demons. And so they have been preparing the world for this. You, I mean, look at the, just look at our world. It's completely falling apart. It is worse than any. I remember 30 years ago. Wait, how am I? I was longer than that, but we won't go into the specifics. But my mammal, I remember her saying how bad the world was then. And I was eight. And I was like, wow, mammal. You know, and then, of course, like 25 years ago, I looked back. I said, golly, this world is bad. You know, now I see what my mammal was talking about. Now I look at this world saying, I just want to go to heaven. I just want Jesus to come take us home. And I hope you feel that way, too, because this world has nothing in it for me. The only thing that this world has is unbelievers who need to hear the truth of God and believers who need to be encouraged. You know, these are trying times. These are, even for us believers, these are nerve-wracking days, right? I mean, we have our faith in God. Of course, we have our faith in Jesus Christ. We know everything's going to work out in his favor because he's won the battle. He's victorious. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God because it's done. He's won, right? But we're here, and we're still fighting the good fight. Like the apostle Paul, you got to fight the good fight, right? Until he calls you home or he raptures us, right? But that doesn't mean that we're not going to get discouraged. I mean, you know, hey, so we need encouragement, you know. 
we need fellow believers to come alongside us and encourage us, you know, to pray for us. We all need prayer. I need prayer. We all need prayer during these days. And so, but we are living in very, very exciting times. And that's why I wanted to do the study uh, that I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me to do the study and the book of Revelation, just in talking about the great tribulation and the tribulation, because you hear about it a lot, but does anybody actually take the time to read it out of the Bible, you know, or listen to it and then like really understand it, right? And so that's why I wanted to to do this, to like, you know, break it down and just have people, um, you know, understand. Like I wanted, I just, you know, I just want people to understand that you can understand the Bible. And if you don't get yourself a good study Bible and read it, like I, I read out a couple of them here, you know, Warren Wearsby and of course, John MacArthur are two very good study Bibles. And also, man, I put it up over there is my, uh, I also have Dr. David Jeremiah's study Bible, and I also have, um, I have the Apologetics Bible. I have, I've got several. And so, oh, get you different, get different trends. And don't, I'm certain, don't draw the line here on the translations. Now, King James is good. New King James is good. NESB is good. NLT is, eh, it's okay. Um, yes. Now there's, uh, uh, was it the news, the NCV news century version? What is that? Anyway, so there's several, I mean, good ones. NASB is probably one of my favorite. I love the NASB. Um, it's more literal. So you have dynamic, which is literal. And then you have, so you have different ones. You have kind of like prayer, you know, tell you what to stay away from. Just, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to make any mentions of that. I'm just not going to the message. Absolutely not. Do not read that. Um, I mean, unless you read it very carefully and pray to the Holy Spirit, because that's a lot as paraphr as all paraphrased. But if you have questions, go to gotquestions.org. And I'm going to go there right now. And I'm going to, I'll just show you what I'm talking about. Gotquestions.org. Okay. So, and I'm going to top in the message translation. And so we will. I'll just tell you what they say about it. So, uh, it says, what is the message translation? And it says, uh, so let's check it out. So, the message, uh, the Bible in contemporary language was created by pastor, scholar, author, and poet, poet Eugene H. Peterson, and published in segments from 93 to 2002. So, says uh so the message is not a translation nor can it strictly be said to be a paraphrase of the original languages of the bible peterson's goal in creating the message is in his own words was to bring the new testament to life for two different types of people those who hadn't read the bible because it seemed too distant and irrelevant and those who had read the bible so much that it had become old hat like really so here's the pros and cons okay so the original version of the message was printed uh without the traditional numbered verses making it more making it read more like a novel he goes that uh, many people found this refreshing at first but also found it inconvenient for cross-referencing comparison blah 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 right so he goes on to say um he goes uh let me move on here let me skip down here so okay so let's just say the message sample verses so John 1 and 1, and then of course 14, it says, The Word was first, the world present to God, God present to the world, the Word was God. 
in readiness for God from day one, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. So no, <laughs> I'm just going to say no, not good, not a good. So you can actually top in is the message a good translation so for who well i do like spencer smith but he does get a little he's like a king james only person and i'm not a king james only person so i'm gonna say mm, no so uh yeah it doesn't really does it does go into it but i'm not gonna read that whole paragraph on here because i'm already at 40 I'm at 52 minutes, so we're not going to go there. So anyway, but like I said, you can go to godquestions.org and check that out. Or Berean, like they always say, be a Berean, you know, look look into the, uh, you know, do, do, do your own study and you're going to, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. You're going to know. You're going to know. So anyway, let's go down. And so what I want to talk about next is we're going to move into Revelation chapter 14. That is the lamb and the 144,000 on Mount Zion. It gets exciting. Oh my gosh, it's getting exciting, you guys. So let's just give you a preview. So I wanted to, because people are like, you know, they're like, well, um, you know, people aren't going to have a chance to be saved and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm going to tell you something, or people aren't going to know not to take the mark of the beast, or like right now. So people say, oh my God, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. No, the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. It's not. It's not good for you. But no, it is not the mark of the beast. Because I'm going to tell you why. Number one, we're not in the tribulation. Number two, this is a huge one right here. The church is still here. But another big three one is right here. So this is Revelation 14, verse six, speaking of the mark of the beast. So listen to this. And this is John speaking. And I saw another angel flying in mid heaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of waters. And another angel, a second one, followed him saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who has made all the nations drink of the wine of the passion of her mortality, or of her immorality. Here we go, chapter 9. Doom for worshipers of the beast. So here's the big one. Then another angel, a third one, followed them saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of god which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb in the smoke other torment goes up forever and ever they have no rest day and night those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of god and their faith in jesus so no angels are flying in heaven right now that i've seen or you've seen 
So right now we can tell by that verse out of the book of Revelation, who's warning people not to take the mark of the beast, that clearly the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. Okay. So we will leave that for later, but I do want to talk about the lamb and the 144,000 on the next episode. And uh, of course, it's going to get exciting. It's proclaiming, that's the three angels that proclaim that reaping of the earth's harvest, reaping of the the grapes of wrath. And then, of course, it's not over yet, folks. Chapter 15 is the prelude to the bowl judgments. You're like, what are the bowl judgments? Oh, get ready. So all the people who took the mark of the beast, they're going to have some terrible, horrific things happen to them. But we'll get to that. In chapter 16, that begins the bold judgments. If you want to read ahead and find out, get into the book of Revelation. Go on to chapter 16, and that's going to tell you all about what happens. And the very very first part of that tells you everything that happens to those people who took the mark of the beast. So it's going to get exciting, folks. I hope you'll join me next time. Um, Hopefully, we'll get to that tomorrow. And uh, that'll be exciting. And uh, I thank you guys so much for listening to me. And I hope this is a blessing. I hope the Lord Jesus um, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you guys through his word, especially through his word, the book of Revelation. I pray that, um, you know, this is encouraging you guys and getting you guys excited for the rapture of the church. And if not, maybe it's going to scare the hell out of you to realize, whoa, I don't want to be here for this. I better accept Christ today. Or maybe it's going to give you, you know, um, what do you call it? strength and um you know the huspa you know to go out and talk to your friends and neighbors who aren't saved and uh, maybe this is going to give you some ideas if you pray to the holy spirit or ask god ask him pray to god and the holy spirit may be able to give you some ideas to go and talk to them in love of course because the whole reason for all of this is for us to talk to our neighbors and our friends and for anybody who's not saved in love to tell them how much God loves them. The whole, all of this tribulation is because how much God loves you and doesn't want you to perish and go to hell. He wants you to accept him. So accept the work of Jesus Christ, his only son on the cross. So with that, it's almost been an hour. (laughs) So I'm going to get off here guys. And as always, Get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. All right. Thanks, you guys. God bless.